This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Church of the Harvest, guys, as I always say, we're a family of Christ followers. The Lord brought us together. We've simply recognized that we are stronger together than we are individually, and so we've chosen to link arms and fulfill God's purposes together in the earth. Amen? Amen. We, we meet in community groups throughout the week, but we still love Sunday morning uh, when we come together and we worship the Lord corporately. We're just a small expression of the body of Christ. We love the Lord because we love our Father. We have his heart, and we love people, and we serve the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. If you're part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? It is to make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. There it is. And we accomplish this through community, discipleship, and outreach. It's what we're all about, guys, the heart of the Father. For over a year now, we've been discussing our, um, our identity, the, the identity and, and the responsibility of, uh, of Christ followers, those who have repented and, and turned from their old life and made Jesus uh, the Lord of their life. And, and so last week, as, as Pastor Bob was just talking about too, I mentioned that we need to do a checkup. How many of you know a checkup is a good thing? It's good to do a checkup. And we should do this regularly. Hopefully, we responsibly do things. Uh, hopefully, we regularly go see a medical professional. Hopefully, you go see a dentist occasionally. How do you know it's good to go get some preventive maintenance and go to the dentist and get some things taken care of before there's a problem? How many of you have ever waited too long and had a problem? You're like, why didn't I just, why didn't I just do it, right? You, hopefully, you go see your general practitioner. And, you know, we got different doctors that we go to. And we get older, and there's certain checkups that we go and do, right? And there's men doctors and women doctors. And hopefully, you, as you get older, you do your colonoscopies and your mammograms and all these different things that, that we do periodically. We do checkups to take care of ourselves, preventive maintenance, to make sure that there's not further problems down the road, right? And so I was thinking about that, too. You know, hopefully, you do the same thing with your car, even if it's at least doing an oil change periodically. How of you know, your car will last a lot longer and it'll run a lot better if you do a little preventive maintenance on it. Don't wait till there's a problem. You're going to be broke down on the side of 302, waving somebody down. Do a little preventive maintenance, right? With that said, we started talking last week about how we regularly need to do self-evaluation and preventive maintenance when it comes to our personal lives. How am I doing personally? Because here's the thing. It's important because we've been given a mission from God. I'm not talking about the Blues Brothers. <laughs> On a mission from God, right? No, no, seriously. It's the reason you're here. You have a mission from God. And he's given you a vessel, a body to take care of. You have to have it in order to accomplish that mission, Right? And so we've got to do a self-evaluation. That's why we're alive. We don't take care of ourselves. We will not be in a position to be effectively used by God. I was thinking, you know what would, you know what would really be terrible? One day to get to heaven, well, that's not the terrible part. We're going to be high-fiving. Woo! To get to heaven and be having a chat with Jesus one day. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Why didn't you accomplish more of the mission that I gave you? And we're like, well, you know, I just didn't make taking care of myself a priority. And I just wasn't in a place physically or mentally really to do it. And can you imagine Jesus in that moment going, but I, I gave you a plan. I gave you all the tools. I told you what to do. And we're like, yeah, well, I was... Too tired. I was too busy. I was too overwhelmed. I was too lazy. I didn't think it really mattered. Guys, it matters. It matters. We got to take care of ourselves and all of its parts. So, what does the Bible? How does the Bible say we're made up? We talked about this last week. You are a spirit, right? Say, I am a spirit. Just like God, just like the Father, you are a spirit. You have a mind. You have. Uh, a soul. You, you, you have a soul, you have, which is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions, just like God. God has a mind, a will, and emotions. And then we know that lastly, we live in a body, just like Jesus, right? We live inside of a body, and our body is, is our, our, our spirit and our soul's gateway into the natural world. That makes it pretty doggone important. 
You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, each of these three areas is always vying for control. Each of these three areas wants its way. And as a believer, as we talked about, your spirit is a new creation spirit. And it loves God, and it wants to please him, and it wants to live righteously. Your spirit, your soul, and your body are saying, uh-uh. We want our way. I don't think so, right? Generally, the, as I talked about, generally the soul and the, and the body, their, their desires align, and so they double-team the spirit. That's why sometimes you got a bad attitude that you got to bring into alignment. That's why sometimes you don't make a righteous decision, right? It's because of this battle that's going on. But we get this idea that the soul and the body are bad things. We just, we just kind of lump them in under the flesh. They're just this, this bad thing. But God gave you a soul. And God gave you your body. And so, just like each part, as we talked about last week, the Godhead, just like each part of the Godhead is important, each part of yourself, your spirit, your soul, and your body are all vitally important to the mission that God has given According to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we talked about last week, talking about your body. Your body is the container for your spirit and your soul, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We love to talk about taking care of our spirit, but it's just important, as important that we discuss the soul and the body in the midst of all this. We have to bring our soul and our body into alignment with our spirit. What makes the spirit important? Again, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, then it is righteous and holy and blameless, and it wants to please and honor God with all that it is. And so our spirit is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not our soul, not our body, our spirit is. And so we need to bring those other two in alignment with him. When you surrender your life to him, you become a new creation, a new spirit creation, a new species of being. You're, it's no longer, you're no longer under the curse. You no longer have a sin nature. We've got to bring our soul and our spirit into alignment, our, our, our soul and our body into alignment with our spirit. I gave you three things last week. I talked about how to evaluate. We're doing this evaluation, this checkup. How do you evaluate your spirit? Firstly, make sure that you're a new creation spirit. Have you truly repented and turned from your old life and made Jesus Lord of your life? And I, we talked about how you're not saved by works, but it's one of the ways that you can test yourself and see what is coming out of you. Are you a dead, cursed spirit? Because death is what will come out of your body and your soul. Are you alive in Christ? Are you a new creation spirit? Because more and more you will see life. You'll see the heart of the Father coming out of you. You'll look more and more like Jesus every day. Secondly, I mentioned that you got to determine to feed and strengthen your spirit. We do that by feeding on the Word of God. We do that by praying in the Spirit. We, we do that by gathering together frequently. Multiple times a week, we should be gathering together as believers, guys. It builds us up inside. And the last thing I mentioned was you've got to determine to live from your spirit. you got this, this war going on. You set your will. You decide that your spirit will be the one to win every battle. Is going on inside your knocker, okay? Y'all know that's where the battlefield is, right? It's right here. Father, not my will, but yours be done. So, and here's the thing. If you do these things, you cannot lose. You can't. If you are a new creation spirit, you are constantly feeding and strengthening your spirit through the word, through praying in the spirit, by gathering with other believers. And if you determine to live from the spirit, you cannot lose. You cannot. That's why we talk about the spirit first. It's got to be in alignment first and foremost, right? Because everything else comes in alignment with it. So next, we move on to the soul. Everybody say the soul. The soul is so important because it's made up of the mind Anybody in here got a mind? A will. We all have a will. And emotions. Anybody in here got emotions? Some of us got a little more than others. It's all right. It's all right. God bless you. How many of you know, actually, how many of you know that your mind, your mind being what you think, your will being what you want, and your emotions being what you feel, they play a huge role in your life, Right? Huge role. And that's the way God designed you. Now, our society is telling us to just, you know, 
think whatever you want to think. What you think is right for you is right for you. Wrong. How many of you would say that's gotten you in trouble before? Our society is telling us to do what we want. If you will it, you should have it. After all, you deserve it. Wrong. We were never told to live that way. Our society is telling us to go after what feels good no matter what. Again, you deserve it. Just follow your heart. It'll never steer you wrong. Have you lived a day wrong? Don't follow your heart. Your heart is fickle. Your heart will get you in trouble. When you're thinking the wrong thing, remember mind, will, and emotions. When we're thinking the wrong things, when we're wanting the wrong things, when we're feeling the wrong things, our life is going to get off track. We're going to derail things. We've seen it in our own lives. We see it in the lives of those around us. We see it within the church. I just got to thinking, I started making a list. You know why in the church of Jesus Christ fewer people are gathering together than ever before? It's a soul issue. It's a condition of the soul. Matter of fact, George Barna did a study between 1993 and the year 2000, or 2020. By the year 2020, a third less people were attending church weekly in 2020 than in 1993. A third, guys. Can you picture that? Go back to first grade, look at the pie graph, and take out a third of the pie. That's a huge amount. Huge. In the church of Jesus, you know why most people are asleep when it comes to things of God with no passion, no drive? The condition of the soul. You know why we're not winning the lost? The condition of the soul. You know why the divorce rate in the church is almost as high as the world? It's the condition of the soul. You know why sexual immorality is an epidemic in the body of Christ? The condition of the soul. You know why there seems to be so much drama, as much drama in the church as there is in the world? It's the condition of our souls. People say, I'm so sick of drama. Everywhere I go, everybody around, there's drama. If everywhere you go, there's drama, you're probably the instigator. People who really don't want drama don't tolerate it. You know why in the church, guys, hear me. You know one of the big reasons why in the church we don't receive the promises of God? The condition of the soul. Well, I just don't understand why I'm not getting a financial breakthrough. Well, I just don't understand why I haven't received my healing. Well, I just don't understand why. Maybe God is, oh, speaking words of doubt. I already see it. Hmm. It's the condition of the soul. You know why many times the church looks no different than the world? That's given us a lot of grief right now. It's because of the condition of the soul. How many of you would say, we better get the soul in order? The soul is so important that God chose it to be the one to make the decision to surrender to Jesus and become a new creation. It's the, our will that does that, right? We make the decision. We set our mind to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. We have this very important part of our lives that God has given us to fulfill the mission that he's given us. And instead of taking care of it and keeping it in line and ensuring its health, we've let it go. And for many, it's utterly out of control. And that's why one of the major reasons the body of Christ is struggling so much right now. Guys, think about the last two years for just a moment. So many people have allowed fear, believers have allowed fear to utterly rule them. Now, I'm not saying that we should ever be careless. And I'm not saying that there's not need for concern. But I have never seen this kind of fear. Uh, especially... With an illness that at its peak last summer, the CDC said had a 98.2% survival rate. And it looks like it has, that, those numbers have increased dramatically. That survival rate has gone much higher with this latest variant. Now, now, here's the deal, guys. Millions of Christians around the globe have cowered in fear and refused to meet together. 
But Pastor Jimmy Evans, I don't know if any of you listened to him, his, his, on his podcast last week, he, he quotes this study, and I actually couldn't find the, the basis for the study, but, so I'm quoting Jimmy Evans in a study that he quoted, um, about concerning mental decline during the pandemic. And as expected, this study found that depression and anxiety and suicide rates have been out the roof, and we know that's true. But you know something interesting this study found? It found that the only group that has not suffered major mental decline in the last two years are those who have continued to gather regularly with the church. Guys, fear is something that we allow. We allow place for fear in our mind, in our soul. And look, I'm not saying run off and do something stupid. The, the Bible actually commands us to be shrewd and wise. Also says, fear not. Fear is the basis of worry. And people will say things, well, I just can't help, I just can't help but worry about my kids. I'm just a worry wart, just like my mama is, the way I was designed. Stop it. You were not created that way. That doesn't say that anything remotely close to that in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, faith is the opposite. I'm sorry, fear is the opposite of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Fear and worry is sin. And we open the door to it. It indicates an issue with the soul. That issue with the soul is lack of trust in God. We have to repent of those places in our lives where we've allowed a place for fear. But if we can bring our soul into line, our mind, our will, and emotions, to think the right things, to want the right things, to feel the right things, as we bring it into alignment with the Spirit, we can keep this ship on course, our life, and we can truly fulfill God's purposes. Um, Romans 12, 2, you guys know this. How do we do it? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, you guys have heard this a thousand times, but let me read it from the Passion Translation. Look what it says. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Stop. Stop thinking like the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the, by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. What more do you want than to live a beautiful life that is satisfying and perfect in Father's eyes? You must constantly Remind your mind of your spiritual reality. That's what it's all about, guys. We've got to constantly remind our mind of our spiritual reality. This is called renewing the mind. The word renewing here means to replace. Replace what? Our thoughts. Our thoughts that don't come into alignment. Uh, When people say, renew your mind by the washing of the word, or renew your mind with the word of God, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about replacing your old way of thinking with what God says. So, how do we do a checkup on our soul? You got to ask yourself some questions. I'm going to give you some right quick. You have to ask yourself, what have my thoughts been on lately? Have I been thinking more about myself than I have others? Ask yourself, have I been down and depressed? Have I been anxious and all worked up? Have I been living from a place of discouragement, disappointment, and burnout? Has my life been full of worry and the cares of this life? Have I been easily offended? Have I bitter toward others? Am I refusing forgiveness? Have I been viewing myself as a victim? Do I feel like the world is always unfair to me? Have I accepted the weaknesses in my flesh as part of who I am? Well, that's just who I am. It's an issue with the soul, guys. Have I been living to please man? Am I constantly looking for acceptance? Have my thoughts been self-pleasing, materialistic, or even lustful? These are issues with the soul, right? And how of you know, we all struggle with some of these things from time to time. We got to bring them into alignment. But these things issue, these things indicate an issue in the soul, 
that needs to be dealt with ASAP. That's why we do a checkup. And so let's talk about how to keep a healthy soul for a minute. And guys, this, <laughs> this kept growing on me. I, I, I don't know. We'll see if I might have to continue next week. I don't know. But to keep a healthy soul, I'm going to give you four things. Number one, study of the word of God must be top priority in your life. Uh, feeding on the word, and I know that was one of the points last week. Uh, this is huge. This is Get the, getting this in your mind. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law, we're talking about the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, everybody say then. That means if you do that. For then, you, everybody say you. You will make your way prosperous. We're asking God to do it. He's going, I told you to. You will make your way prosperous as you keep the word of God inside of you. And then you will have success. Guys, the Bible is such a gift. It's God's manual for us in this life. And, and with that, you know, it, it is a guide that will help us to be successful in this world if we'll do what it says. So in order to do what it says, we need to study it. We need to be in it. How many of you know that going to church on Sunday morning is not enough? Plenty of people going to church on Sunday morning whose lives are, lives are in shambles. We've got to meditate, study the Word of God every day and do what it says. And little by little as we do that, the Word of God will begin changing the way you think and the way that you act and the way that you react. And then the renewing of the mind, through it, you will begin to make your way prosperous and you will find success, just like Joshua 1.8 says. A few ways you can study the Word. I was going to mention real quick. Guys, some, we know the stats say most believers do not crack open the Bible outside of Sunday. Look, guys, I'm, 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 I know it says in it day and night. Look, start somewhere. Get a good quality 10 or 15 minutes to just read God's Word. It's huge how it'll transform your life. Get into it. Read. Always start and say, Holy Spirit, has opened your word today. Has opened the word of God today. Show me. Give me fresh revelation. Speak to me. And, and then just begin to read and allow him to begin to stir thoughts and things within you as you begin to, to meditate on it. And use your imagination. Allow the stories. Allow what is being said to come to life. I, I like sometimes to put myself in the position of somebody I'm reading about. And, and thinking about what they're thinking and how they're feeling and, you know, in a moment. Uh, you, can, you can think about what God is saying to them. Uh, memorizing the word, that, that's huge, guys. Our, our ministry school students are required to, to memorize scripture. And, and when you read the word, another thing I'd suggest to you, read it out loud. Let your, let your soul hear it, hear the word of God being declared and coming out of your mouth. It's huge. Regularly listen, to, regularly listen to some good Bible teachers and commentators. Find some good Bible plans and studies. And look, we don't have any excuses anymore, guys. There are like thousands on the YouVersion Bible app. If you want one that's a day, one that's a week, one that's a month, one that's a year, there are thousands to choose from. There's good spirit-filled um, Bible studies on there that take you five, ten minutes a day to go through. But we got to remember it's important that we study the Word of God every day and get in our soul. The Bible talks about getting the Word inside of us. It says so that it's written on the tablets of our heart we got to let the Word of God tell us what to think and how to act and how to react. we got to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to, to give us revelation of the Word. And guys, that's what he's there for. When we talk about the Holy Spirit reveals the will of God, he's our comforter. He's the one that brings that revelation, that direction. To keep a healthy soul. So number one, we got to study the Word of God. The study of the Word of God must be top priority. Number two, be careful what you feed your mind. This is one of our, outside of not being in the Word, this is the next biggest issue. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh, the soul, remember, not, not allowing the spirit to be in control, but allowing the soul to be in control. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Every day, regardless of whether you realize it or not, you are feeding your mind, right? You're inputting things into your mind by everything that you do every day. 
everything that you watch, everything you participate in, everything you listen to, you're feeding your soul. So the question is, it's part of the evaluation. What are you feeding your soul? What are you feeding your mind? Do you watch things, read things, listen to things that feed insecurities in you, that that feed uh, fear and doubt and unbelief? Well, that's going to be a little bit of a hindrance. Do you listen to music that's communicating the opposite of God's word and not a blessing to your life? Do you read books that bring thoughts into your mind that don't align with what the word of God says? Do you call yourself a Christian, but your mind is constantly set on the things of the world? Everything you listen to, everything you watch, feeds your soul. So if, feeding, if you're feeding your mind the wrong kind of food, you will be stuck with an unrenewed mind. And life will be infinitely more difficult. I was thinking married couples, media today is telling us what marriage is supposed to look like. Might be why some of us are having issues. We need to crack the Bible open. We need to see in the Bible what a godly marriage is supposed to look like and how we're supposed to treat and respond to our spouse. Remember, renew means to replace. Replace old thoughts. Replace old habits. Replace old TV shows you used to watch and movies. Replace the music that you've always listened to. You might even need to replace some voices in your life, some old friends. I know it's hard, but if you want to experience God and everything he has for you, if you really want to fulfill his purposes, then you've got to eliminate the things that are keeping you from going deeper. If you're not willing to do that, then you don't really want it, right? If you want to renew your mind, you've got to feed yourself the right kind of food. Fill yourself with things that bring blessing in life. Before I go to number three. Are you watching the news all the time? Christians are watching far more news today than they are reading the word. Far more. And we're seeing the results of that. Here's how I can tell you. Look, we need to know the headlines. We need to know what's happening so that we can pray and stand, right? But if you're doing that every day, and every day you're finding yourself angry and disgusted and worried And all these things, turn it off. I heard people say, well, I only watch Christian news, brother, and I got it on 24-7. 2,000 years of the church, we never even needed Christian news. Our Christian news came from the Word of God. But I'm not not bashing that. Look, I'd rather you watch some, you know, Christian news. I would. But 24-7, I mean, do you really need that? Get into the Word. You're you're filling yourself up with stuff from another kingdom. We're not even of this world. Not saying we're not here as ambassadors and we don't have a voice. we got to stand and we got to believe and we got to pray and and, and different things like that. But, But we need to crack open the word of God and get our kingdom news more than we're getting the news of this world. Moving on. Keep a healthy soul. Study the word of God must be top priority. Number two, be careful what it is you're feeding your mind. Number three, another, gosh, huge one, guys. Keep your thoughts in check. This has a, this is your will, isn't it? This is a decision that your soul makes. 2 Corinthians 10.5, listen. We, everybody say we. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Again, you guys know the scriptures. I'm going to read it from the Passion. Look at this, guys. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) Mic drop. We destroy... Every argument, every lofty opinion, every deceptive fantasy, God doesn't do it. He's not going to get your mind in order. He's given you everything you need to do it. 
This is an act of your will. Many people think they don't have any control over their mind, but the Bible clearly states here that we can and we're commanded to take captive or dismiss any thought that does not align with the Word of God. You are in control and you can choose your thoughts. When something pops in your head that you know shouldn't be there, that doesn't come in alignment with what the Word of God says, you cast that thing down. You replace that thought with a different one. That's what the Bible calls casting down imaginations. I was trying to think of an example of this. Guys, how have you know that God designed us to be attracted to females? No, no guy wants to say nothing. It's like, praise the Lord, I say. But what you think in the moment you see one can change everything. And if you're like any other godly man of God, you've had periods where you have to take your thoughts captive. You've probably heard it said, what you do, what, what you do not deal with will eventually deal with you. Sexual immorality is rampant in the body of Christ because of people unwilling to take their thoughts captive. That's all, it's that simple. Your mind is powerful. We've got to learn to control it, not allow it to control us. And the way that you control it is by casting down thoughts that are not godly and by meditating on God's word instead. We, we hear bad news. How do you know somebody? Every time they hear bad news or, or potentially bad news, they freak out. <gasps> and they start to hyperventilate and think, oh, what, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh, I just didn't expect this. I and you're, you're like, whoa, bro, you know. Don't be a drama queen. Calm down. You know, it's like, whoo. Bring, bring, let's bring it down about, you know, five levels. It's like, man, dude. Shh, shh. And what they end up doing in that is they end up speaking words of doubt and unbelief. Guys, as we continually to re- continue to renew our minds, those thoughts will begin to be replaced with what the word of God says and with his promises. How many of you know your thoughts can get you in some trouble? Go to the word of God. And make your words, get those thoughts, cast them down, and bring them into alignment with what the Word of God says. I just started making a list, guys. When your thoughts start to get out of control, you begin to declare with your mouth, I take every thought captive unto obedience of Jesus Christ, casting down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. As a man thinks in his heart, so is, as, so is he. I declare that my thoughts are positive. I will not allow the enemy to use my spirit as a dumping ground by meditating on negative things contrary to the word. I will speak forth righteousness and faithfulness all the day long. When you start to feel like a failure, insignificant, like you're not enough, just begin to declare, I am a new creation spirit. I am righteous. I am holy. I am blameless. I died. I've been raised with Christ in heavenly places. I'm joint heirs with him. I am dead to sin. I'm alive to righteousness. When you're fearful or worried, no weapon formed against me will prosper. But every time that rises against me in judgment, I'll show to be wrong. I don't have the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I cast all my cares on, on the Lord, for he cares for me. If it's financial, just begin to declare, I prospered everything that I put my hand to. I have prosperity in every area of my life in Jesus' name, spiritually, financially, mentally, socially. you got to declare these things, guys. we got to replace our thoughts. got to keep our thoughts in check, allowing the Word of God to renew it and to remind our mind of our spiritual reality. You heard of virtual reality? Guys, our spiritual reality is the real deal. What we're living right now, this fleshly world, this is the virtual reality. We need to live from the Spirit. To keep a healthy soul, study the Word of God must be top priority. You've got to be careful what we feed our mind. Number three, we've got to keep our thoughts in check. Number four, last thing, is we've got to live from the Spirit, not the soul. I know that was the last point from last week. It's a choice. Galatians 2.20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, we are to be led by the spirit, not the soul or the body. What we do in this life should not not be based on what our flesh thinks, wants, or feels. Mind, will, emotions. The decisions we make in this life cannot be based on what our flesh thinks or wants or feels. And how many of you know that those things are pretty irrelevant anyway when you've been crucified? Our old life, that sin nature, those selfish desires. If we surrender to Jesus, they're crucified. They're on the cross. 
How do you know when you're on the cross? Your opinion doesn't matter a whole lot. You can yell and scream all you want. You can shout profanities. You can, you know, whatever. You can demand to be taken down right now. <laughs> you, you have no rights. That's what we declared when we said yes to Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. We're saying, my opinion doesn't matter anymore. It's Jesus living through me. My old self that had all these thoughts and wants and desires and all the selfishness, it's on the cross. Right? As I said, this is war between your spirit and your soul and body. The spirit is righteous and holy, always wants to honor God. So we got to determine that our spirit is going to win every battle. You have to allow it to have control regardless of what you think or want or feel. And really, that's simply surrender, right? Isn't that what it is? Somebody comes up to you with a gun, says, stick them up. You put up your hand. You're like, yes, sir. I'll do whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. I'll do it. Whatever, whatever you want. But God doesn't put a gun to us. We do it because we love him. He laid down his life for us. So we come up and we say, yes, Lord, whatever you want. Whatever you want, you can have. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. What I want doesn't matter anymore. I surrender. Um, we got to do a checkup on the mind and on our souls. And I encourage you to examine yourself even now. I, I, I want to say a couple things before I close. Um, you know, our flesh, I'm spe- specifically referring to our, our minds here. How many of you know our minds can get in a tough place? Yeah. How many of you, your mind has been in a dark place before? Yeah. That it was a real struggle coming out of. If you were in a really dark place in your mind, in your soul, you probably weren't able to, even able to do it yourself. You probably had to get somebody else to help. And in those moments when we're there, Many times, even the word of God seems dry. And we look around and we're going, Lord, where are you? He, he almost seems distant in those moments. But how do you know? You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to bring things into alignment. You've got to trust him again regardless of how you feel so that you can be effective for him again. Does this make sense? Some of you... You've let your soul go so far that you need to meet with somebody. And you need to share your weaknesses and what's going on. And how do you know? If you haven't been able to kick this thing, something in your life, or if your mind is in a dark place, and you feel like you've tried all kinds of things, you feel like you've tried a lot of things according to the Word, it's time to get somebody, bring somebody else along and say, I need some help. The only reason we don't do so is because of pride. And pride is an ugly offense to God. Ugly. If you recognize that you're not making progress in your soul, been dealing with the same issue for 20 years, I encourage you, you need to find a, a godly friend. And when I say godly, I mean somebody that you consider to be three or four or five or ten levels of spiritual maturity above you. Okay? Get a community group leader, an elder, pastor, somebody to give you some godly counsel and advice so that you can move forward. They can help you to lay out steps. How have you been there before and you've needed that? How have you taken advantage of that? Let me say this too, guys. We need to be real careful with where people are at, especially in their minds. Um, the church... I'm not talking about necessarily just our church, but the church of Jesus has not, um, I think, really been viewed as a place where we can talk about the issues in the mind. We can't talk about things like mental illness and, and things like that. It's almost been shameful. And that is a crying shame. Um, I mean, you know, there can literally be hormones off in your body that manifest in the mind. 
And those things have got to be looked at, and the church has got to be a safe place to look at these things and to talk about these things. Us telling them, well, all you got to do is trust God, brother. You have just made them feel more hopeless and more depressed. Because many of them thought they were already trusting God, and their trusting God may be the only thing that's gotten them this far. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. I know people that have gone through freedom and dug into the word and confessed a thousand scriptures a day and weren't making a whole lot of headway. It's time to get somebody else on board because you need a breakthrough. You need some freedom. But we have to make sure we don't come to this place where people are feeling shamed when they're walking through tough situations and times that we can't relate with. We've got to help to bring them along so that they can get to the place where they can stand on God's word themselves. Depression, anxiety. Guys, I, I, I heard somebody recently mention anxiety, and somebody says, well, the Bible says you're not supposed to worry, bro. You know, it's like, okay, they know that. How do we walk with them in this? And, and here, by the way, anxiety today that we're seeing in society is, is of course, there's anxiety that is worry, but there's this other that's, that's kind of becoming predominant in our society where it's just not being able to turn off. Any of you been there? I've been there. Can't shut your brain off. It's constantly going, going, going. Not necessarily worrying, but part of it has to do with the society that we live in today. We have trained our brains to always be on. But well, because you know we never have to have a question anymore. We can just Google it right quick. We don't have to open a book to find the answer. I don't have to do anything. Question about a war, question about history, question about whatever. Our mind is always going. And if we have a question in one second, we pick up our phone and we try and look up the answer. It's been harmful. We get to this place where we can't turn our minds off. We can't sleep. We can't relax because our mind is just thinking, thinking, thinking a thousand miles an hour. We need to change our habits. When you're like this, it's very difficult even digging into the, wor- into the word when you're in that state. You need to find somebody to give you some pointers while you change your habits. If you're in that kind of place, whatever it may be, where you've been trying to kick this thing for a while, guys, we want to come alongside you. And we want to see you get free of this. And that may mean that you need to find a good counselor to talk to. But, man, there's such a stigma. He was like, oh, I, ain't, I ain't seeing no strength. Okay, guys, find a good Christian person to talk to with some spiritual maturity, they can speak the truth and the word and can look at your life and say, you need to change your habits a little bit. You've been looking at this wrong your entire life. You need to begin to view things through the lens of the word this way. Have you ever had somebody that's spoken into your life like that that you've met with that has really helped you to break through and to, and to see things differently and move forward? The stigma of talking to somebody, it's nuts. And guys, there are even times that some folks even need to take a medication for a little while. Do I think those things are prescribed too often? Yes. Do I think they're used as a crutch sometimes? Yes. Do I think there's people out there that have some levels off, serotonin and different things, and they need some assistance so that they can stand effectively on the Word of God for a while? Yes, I do. We believe every other medication is a gift from God. As a body of Christ, we got to make sure that we're not looking down on our brothers and sisters in Christ, where they're at, and we got to speak the truth. And, 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 and you know, I need to move on. <laughs> we need to stop the, stop the stigma. Do, do, if you're in that kind of place, do you need freedom? Yes. And that should be part of what you seek out in the process. Absolutely. But you do that a number of different ways. I'm going to move on. We must empathize with and support one another so that we can stand on our own. But guys, I, I want to end with this. The number one way the enemy attacks us is through our thoughts. And the number one way that we battle the enemy is taking our thoughts captive and bringing them into alignment with the Word of God.
you know, as the Spearfield Church, we love to talk about spiritual warfare. But I would present to you guys that the essence of spiritual warfare begins by you taking your thoughts captive. You, you can't do spiritual warfare without taking your thoughts captive. And I'll tell you guys this. In the coming days, the church of Jesus Christ will continue to rise. And the attacks of the enemy will get more and more intense. Those of you who are praying for better days ahead, oh, the future is so bright in, in the earth, and it's not going to get better. Sorry to burst your bubble. Every generation before us has thought, it can't get worse than this. Surely Jesus is coming back soon. No, it's gotten worse. And it's gotten worse. The Bible promises it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse, all the way up to the end. I'm not preaching doomsday, guys. You were chosen to live during this time. That means it's an awesome time for you. And it's an awesome time for the body of Christ. Your light is going to shine if you will take your thoughts captive and bring your soul into alignment with the word of God. And the body of Christ will stop getting a black eye <laughs> because we can't get our souls in order. One of the most important things we can do is learn to take our thoughts captive. A mind that is renewed with the word of God is strong and healthy and wise and empowered to do everything God has called it to do. It's time to do a checkup of the soul. You guys stand up with me. Let me invite the worship team up as I close. It's the beginning of the year. Great time to look at these things. Great time to make some decisions, to make some, make some changes. Allow the, allow the Holy Spirit to touch little areas of our heart. And say, let's work on this this year. How many of you are open and surrender to whatever God has for you? I'm glad six of us are. <laughs> it's like a George Barna <laughs> study <laughs> an average of six members of a church anyway sorry <laughs> let me get you guys to bow your heads first and foremost are you a new creation spirit have you bowed surrendered your life to Jesus have you repented for trying to live your life without him and chosen to make Jesus Lord of your life if you haven't done that, all stop. Stop the train. Hold up. <laughs> That's what you got to look at first and foremost. Guys, without him, we are utterly alone, lost in our sin and our shame. No matter how hard we try, we're a failure without Jesus. Because of that sin and that shame, those, that curse of sin in our life, it separated us from a holy God. But the Father had a plan. And he sent Jesus. He came as a man. He lived the perfect life. He didn't deserve judgment like you and I. But he chose to take it. He chose to take the judgment that you and I deserved and to pay your penalty is a big old fat ticket you couldn't have paid in a thousand lifetimes. He paid for it. He didn't pay cash. He paid with his blood. He laid down his life. Good news. The grave couldn't hold him. He rose. If you'll put your faith in him, if you'll repent for living for yourself, make him Lord of your life. If you'll nail your old self to that cross with him, you'll become a new creation. And when Jesus rose, that means that you rose as a new creation spirit. You become God's very own. And yeah, when you take your last breath on this earth, you'll open your eyes in heaven and it'll be glorious. But God's promises apply to this life. 
You just change kingdoms when you receive Jesus. He'll be there with you every step of the way as you walk the earth. He'll give you things to do. He'll give you things to work on. Through him, you'll make a difference. Your life will finally amount to something. You can be satisfied. If you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. You can pray along with me. You can repeat after me. You can say your own thing. It doesn't matter because it's not about the words. It's about the position of your heart. I invite you today, whether you're here in person, whether you're watching online, to bow your heart to Jesus. Every head bowed. If that's you and you'd say, you know what, I recognize that my life is not surrendered to Jesus. If there's somebody here, just raise your hand. Let me see. Anybody here that say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today? Anybody? Wave your hand at me. Okay. Maybe somebody's watching online. Maybe you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Maybe, maybe you're over there at Rolling Hills today. And you'd say, you know what, I'm living for myself. Jesus is, he's not really Lord of my life. You might have grown up in a church. But you haven't made room for him. I just encourage you, rededicate your life to him today and say yes to him. Just pray a prayer, something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus because I recognize that I am lost and alone without him. I recognize that I, I have a dead, cursed spirit and death is all that comes forth. Jesus, I'm not good for anything without you. So today I repent. I repent of my sin. I repent for trying to live my life without you. I repent of my arrogance and my pride. And I lay it all down before you. I choose not to look back. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Declare that you are the Son of God. And that you laid down your life in my place and you rose from the dead. And today I choose to live for you. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my King. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything you called me to be. I'll live for you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.